0: Howdy, howdy, welcome back to CPA Chandler Pays Attention. I'm going to start and dive right into it with a story. We're going to go back about 2,500 years ago into a cave. Close your eyes and imagine the cave. The cave's really dark except for a fire blaring. And on the cave walls, you can see the fire licking up and down the walls and making shapes and contortions with the flames. Sitting between the wall and the fire is a row of slaves. These people have been chained here since birth. They've known nothing else except the cave, its random sounds, and the fire behind them. They don't really know what it is because they've only ever seen the wall. They've, that's how they've been positioned. Occasionally, their captors walk by and make shapes behind them, and the slaves see the shadows on the wall, and they whisper among themselves, wondering what it could be. And they try and guess sometimes. They try and guess, what is that? And whoever guesses the best guess or says something that seems smart is voted the most intelligent among them. One day, a slave escapes. He runs out of the cave and goes into the outside world. At first, he can't see. He's blinded by the sun and the light, but he doesn't really understand what it is. His nose is upset because the smells wash in grass, trees, flowers. He's overwhelmed. He's a bit terrified, but he's curious. He's never seen such beauty. He's never seen anything but the cave. He wants to know more about this different world. So he runs out into the world, and he asks questions. So the people of the land teach him, not knowing who he is. They answer all his crazy questions. And he's completely enamored by this different way of life, this new world, this this real world. It's not shadows on a wall, because he's learned what shadows are. It's real, and the light that shines every day, the sun is so much more vibrant. He can feel the heat in the day, and he can feel the cold at night. He can he can really feel life. He loves this feeling so much, but he also remembers his friends in the cave. He knows deep down in his heart he can't just leave them there, so he goes back. He goes back, he sneaks into the cave, and he tells his brothers, sister's friends, there's a better world out there. This what you're seeing is fake. But even as he's trying to explain to them, they notice he's squinting and he can't really see properly. What's wrong, they ask. Oh, it's a bit dark in here. I can't really see. They're all confused because they can see clearly in here. They wonder what happened to him that he lost his eyesight. He tries to explain the light differences and how being in the dark has has caused him to not be able to see properly and his eyes wouldn't adjust, but it would take a really long time. They distrust him. They think he's sick, he's confused. They think he doesn't understand. He tries to push a bit harder and they threaten to kill him. So he lets them go for now. But he knows he's gonna dedicate the rest of his life to making sure that they escape, that they want to escape and that they understand that there's a better life outside for them. I really love that story. That story was told by Plato 2,500 years ago. And it's being retold in so many ways ever since. It's been retold this idea of people living in their own bubble or humanity living in their own bubble and needs to want to either firstly accidentally break out. And once that person breaks out and tries to come back and rescue the others with new ideas and new insights, the others have to willingly accept it. People have been wanting to fly for years. But it wasn't until some of the crazies, you know, broke the mold and showed that it was possible that other people really accepted, oh my gosh, flight is possible. Or even um, other ideas, like stuff like women reading. I'm quite sure, like I think it was like the 1950s when they believed like women reading was making them like, I don't know, unable to have kids or some crazy stuff like that. But now, you know, we encourage everyone to read. New ideas aren't often as embraced as easily as they should be. And on the other hand, new ideas aren't taught as well as they should be. So what I'm going to talk today is about seven ways to improve knowledge sharing across your community or across your organization in a way that people who are maybe still in the cave, still in the darkness of knowledge that you've acquired, will be able to understand. So that's the journey we're going on. Now, this isn't like an appeal for woke culture. I don't fully understand it. And I think I might talk a bit more about it in the future because I think knowledge sharing is important. Knowledge sharing is what I try to do with this podcast. I try to get information and new ideas and challenge myself so I can come back to the people, not that I think you're in the cave, but in the place where I was so that they can understand and come towards some form of enlightenment as well on different topics. But today I've i realized that I may have learned some skills accidentally. I may have accidentally broken out the case, but I'm quite sure other people are trying to do the same and are unable to. So these are my seven steps to sharing information, and I hope they're super helpful to you. <laughs> and um, I'm going to try and use this story because I know I, I pitched essential oils, sheep, and, you know, um caves to you and just you know i've covered plato and now i'm gonna cover the last two so the first way to improve knowledge sharing is you have to have the right mindset you have to encourage and foster the right mindset if you don't have minds that are willing to be molded or like if you don't have the right mindset to share, you're going to fail at every point to share information. If you're trying to be cocky, if you're trying to be condescending, it never, ever, ever, ever works. Sometimes the courage to speak and the courage to keep quiet are at the same level. You always have to have the right mindset in sharing knowledge. For me, it's more like I want everyone to be in the same boat. I always try and encourage people that I want all of us to win and all of us to win together. So that's really my goal in sharing knowledge. I don't like to share knowledge when I think it will make people feel worse or if there's no need for it. Even though I'm full of fun facts, I love to share a good fun fact. I think you need to have the right mindset of, am I helping? Am I trying to liberate to free? And even then, is it time for liberation and freedom? Because some people just aren't ready for, you know, your heavy hitting knowledge. Next, you have to create a space for this sharing of knowledge to happen. You have to have either safe environments or a wanting to know. And I think that's where I found my niche in my little podcast. You volunteer to listen to these things. You volunteer to click in and tune in and ask what's going on. So this is the environment where you can I can share information with you. And then I have social media platforms. I have CPA pays attention on Instagram where people can talk back to me and we can share and develop ideas together. Next step, step three, you have to encourage several forms of knowledge sharing. Not everyone shares the, or learns the same way. I don't do very well with being talked to, which is so ironic that I'm doing a podcast in just zero sense. Anyway, I don't do well with ideas being talked to at me. I do better with reading and like sitting and understanding things. So usually at work when they give me, I'm a, Accountant, (laughs) I do taxes usually when they give me new ideas or explain new concepts. Someone you usually give me a link to read into because, as much as I'm trying to pay attention, it's so hard for me sometimes. So, it's better if I have other mediums. Some other people just like to hear things, so they'll learn through listening. Other people have to like touch, feel, and manually get into something before they fully understand the system. People are different, it's just the way we are. The next thing. Um, number four is you always have to lead by example (sighs) this one's hard when you're especially when you're sharing new ideas sometimes stuff gets passionate and heated but I know that personally I don't like being yelled at I hate being yelled at so the easiest way for me to receive knowledge is for me to be talked to in a calm way and to convince me usually you have to trick me into things it just happens all the time but (laughs) um when I'm explaining ideas sometimes I get hyped up and passionate and I'm like ah these are my ideas but I have to realize that I have to lead by example I I mimic and I like to be talked to calmly so usually I try and set the example with my behaviors or with the way that I speak and I think you can do the same too depending on what kind of knowledge you're trying to get across you may have to actually practically do what you're teaching next number five is have experts come in. I've had a few on my podcast. So I hope to have a, lo- a few more, Um, maybe. And this kind of links with step six is you have to formalize your process of knowledge sharing. My formal way is podcasts, and that's how I share the knowledge I've acquired. At work, they have seminars. At school, you have classes. A formal way of learning is helpful. As much as, like, people want to take their kids out of school and raise them all sorts of ways. Structure is always important with kids and structure is always important with learning and sharing knowledge because you allow a place for people to go, oh, when we're doing A, B, and C, it means that I should be learning something. You're, you're developing a system. And lastly is use the most effective tools. If the most effective way for you to teach football and you think is a podcast, that may not be the most effective way. You may have to open like a school and actually practically do it. If you wanna teach singing lessons, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe open like an auditorium or somewhere you can teach singing lessons. Maybe TikTok may not be the absolute best method to teach someone how to sing. It's an A method and people can learn that way. But a more practical way may be in person so you can see where the person or hear where the person is going wrong. You have to use effective learning tools. If you're teaching someone to draw, you might have to, you know, see their drawings. You get what I'm kind of saying? Anyway, these are seven ways to improve knowledge sharing. And I hope that you'll be able to practice them in like your own life. I can give one bad example of when. New knowledge was shared with me, and I just didn't receive it. And this is where I bring in essential oils. I had a migraine after uh, a college gathering thing that we had. And the lady in charge's mom approached me and was like, what's wrong? I was like, I've got a headache. I can't concentrate. So she like, removes peppermint oil from her pocket and puts it on my hand and starts massaging like right between my, my index finger and my thumb on my left hand. And like I was so upset. My headache went away. And you could say that it was essential oils, but I was so angry in the moment that I think that's what drove the headache away. I was just completely distracted because I was so confused. It was not the right environment for this new herbal remedies to be thrown at me. This wasn't something I was used to. It was so against everything I believed in. I was immediately a cave person and just abrazed and just annoyed by what this person had done to a point where I couldn't receive this new information. Now, after much research into my own migraines, for some reason, massaging your hand kind of works. Also, cold showers and putting a cold press on the back of your neck also works for some weird reason. Migraines are bizarre. Anyway, the point is, I've had experiences where I haven't been able to appreciate information that was being given to me. I've had situations where I've just taken information, ran with it, and been super successful. You know, just either way, the wind blows. Point is... Try new methods. Try share information well. And actually, no, that's not my point. My point is this. When you gain new information, bring it back to the clan. You know what I mean? Make us all better with the enlightening that you've had. Come back and make us better, even if it may be hard. Maybe these tools will help you, but I hope, I would love to see the world just learning from each other and just a willingness to listen and learn from each other. That's something that we don't really do as often anymore. I don't think we're even taught to like listen really well. We're taught to sit quiet in certain situations and behave and you know, formal processes, but we're not taught to really try and learn things. And we're also not taught how to communicate very well. We're taught how to be public speakers. And public speaking... To some extent, is kind of easy because you stand with people's attention and there's a formalized process. But how do you share ideas on a one-on-one basis? That's not really things that we're taught and things that we go through. And I think I'll try and dive into that a bit deeper over the next few weeks. But as of now, this has been my take on sheep, essential oils, and Play-Doh. You know, just, I feel like you'll infer the sheep. If you can infer the sheep from this, put a little message, send me a little message and be like, oh, I understand. Or just put a little sheep on If you've made it this far, I'll be very impressed. Thanks for listening. This has been CPH underpays Pays Attention. I love you so much. Thank you for taking the time. And yeah, we should do more of these riffs in the future. I really enjoy just talking out my butt for a couple of minutes. Have a great day. Bye.